When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. With German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at GermanDonnerKebab.com. Hello, this is Football Social Daily. Happy Friday. We made it. I'm Jim Salverson. That's Marley Anderson. Hello. That's Lee Whitehouse. Hello. And we have definitely not shaken hands before today's podcast because we're not mm. taking any chances <laughs> in the sports social office. So we're going to shake bo- your hand anyway, Jim. <laughs> no, you don't know where, <laughs> don't where you've been. been. Don't know where any, any given moment. <laughs> right, we're going to box off all the football news on today's podcast over the next 40 minutes. So you are 100% ready for the weekend's action and our weekend preview show. That'll be out tomorrow morning. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you get that show as soon as it's ready. On today's podcast, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to be wishing for relegation after showing just how dominant Manchester United can be as long as they're playing championship opposition. A sparkling Wayne Rooney performance wasn't enough for Derby County in the FA Cup last night. We'll pick over the bones of that. There are calls for the League Cup to be scrapped to ease fixture congestion we're going to discuss whether it's time to lose England's second cup competition and time is ticking down for the fantasy football games week deadline hold off that last ditch transfer for a few more minutes because we're going to be joined by our FPL guru very shortly for some tips ahead of the weekend's action but let's start with the FA Cup game last night Manchester United versus Derby County Championship opposition who in truth be told didn't really offer much opposition for Manchester United. Uh, not really, no. It was a fairly straightforward uh, victory for Man United, wasn't it? Um, they they played a pretty strong team, Man U, and it was like, if this team doesn't just roll Derby over, you kind of get get a bit worried. Mm. I mean, Bruno... I was quite surprised Bruno Fernandes played 70 minutes, um, considering they were 2-0 up at half-time. I thought they'd, they'd take him off um, and save him for the Derby on Sunday, which is obviously... Um, a massive, massive game for Man United, um, but yeah, they 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 were pretty comfortable. Igalo seems to have slotted in fairly well. He seems to be finding his stride. I think he's got three now in in his two starts, first. three and two three starts and two. for a go. player that looked like he was a bit of a panic buyer at the he's time. Not even fit either at the moment, is he? No, they're saying he's not. He's not fully up to speed. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's we we know we know he's a good player from yeah. from Watford. I mean, we don't know whether he's 
he's going to get a, a longer term deal at the end of the season but I enjoy it while it lasts I mean, yeah. he's, got, he's got three goals in two games he's living his little boyhood dream whatever it was he, he, he was talking about um, he's, he's playing well Man United have did, are in a good I think they're the best form team in the country at the minute I do like wonder yeah. about N'Galo whether whether he flatters to deceive a little bit at the moment because it is like you say three goals in two starts None of the goals have looked particularly impressive, and I haven't watched entire games, so I might be being a little bit unfair <laughs> on this, but I'm not entirely sure he's offering a massive amount outside of that. But at the same time, you, it doesn't really matter. I, it's, yeah, it's his job is to goals. score goals. I yeah. think that's what Man you need, though. They, yeah. like, if you think about Martial, most of the goals he scores are like good mm. like good goals. He, he so watching you think, city, yeah, yeah, you need someone to score them ugly goals. Like, if you look at Alan Shearer's 260 Premier League goals, how many of them were were scrappy sort of tap-ins and penalty box mm. oh, yeah. predatory goals probably about 200 of them and Andy Cole was the same wasn't he, he just, exactly, all yeah. he did was score tap-ins Andy Robbie Cole. Fowler he didn't score. I mean, when he was in Newcastle arguably he scored some really good goals yeah. if you look at his record but United it was just you need a, sometimes they need that fox in the box and then United have been missing that killer yeah. instinct and if he's say he's not even fully up to speed so they're saying he's not fully fit yet so imagine when he is, if they're creating the... Ch- I mean, United do create chances. I mean, They do now. They do now Bruno Fernandes. Oh, yeah, Bruno, now they've got yeah. Fernandes. I mean, he's, he's just hit the ground, really, since he's, come, since he's turned he's, up. He prov- he's such a spark for them. He's, he's crazy everything that, they were missing. Yeah, it's it crazy really they is. took so long to get him, um, especially when they knew they, the start of the transfer mm. window, he was their main target. Yeah. They just haggled over price for... We won't get into that, but... You know, he just, if they'd had him a month earlier... 18 you know, months earlier. I mean, that's well, how long they've yeah, been negotiating yeah. it pretty Is that how long they've been left? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah, if they'd have got him in at the start of the transfer window in January, they'd have been so much... There's, I mean, the amount of games you get in January, you'd have mm. been so much better off um, for both league. I mean, they're already yeah. in a good cup position anyway, but yeah. yeah. Slight distraction from the game last night, but do you think we're going to see a team at Manchester United, and it's a big if this, and it's pure speculation, will we see... Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba playing in the same midfield because if you've got if that combination play together that's frightening well we sort of discussed this a little bit yesterday and we, none of us could really come up <laughs> come up with like we don't know really because it's a formation thing if, if they fancy it if they fancy keeping him uh, in terms of keeping Pogba you know I think they want I don't know is, is he worth keep it? Pogba but if Them two the in the choice. same midfield is amazing. I think obviously. Yeah, that'd be but brilliant. Surely midfield. Manchester United want to keep Pogba, but it's how much Pogba, Pogba wants to stay at Manchester yeah. United. That's yeah. the question. I, it's if, for me, it seems like Solskjaer have had enough of him now anyway, so he's quite happy. There's to a lot of there's a lot of noise losses. comes out of Pogba, and that's the problem I think with him. He comes he he, he comes with a hefty price tag. He hasn't he's he hasn't really delivered on that either. I don't think. I don't think he's never really hit yeah. the heights that we all were hoping that he would when he came back to England. Um, and you see, you know, when you watch him in the French team, he's just a different, just a different beast. Yeah. And he, you know, he just doesn't seem to have turned up for Man United. So, if, if think, you, you what, cut your loss, what's the what's the best thing he's ever done for Man United? I'm I'm thinking maybe the the derby game when he scored two yeah. goals when they come from yeah, two, come from two behind, nil down yeah. or whatever it was. Other than that, I'm struggling to pick out a a performance, but. <laughs> He's still a world class player. Though, he's still he? class. He's... Like if he can get 100 percent out of him, then and we've seen a lot of players go to Manchester United now and play poorly at that yeah. club. So you have to wonder what, whether how much of it's the player and how much of it's the team around them. And and if you are starting to build a team, and if you have got Bruno Fernandes in place and you have 
got Rashford who's playing well and you've got mm. Harry Maguire at the back and you're starting this development, then you want Paul Pogba at the centre of that. Yeah, you, you, you do, yeah. The, the players you mentioned there, that, that spine of that team, if you throw Pogba in there as well, the sp- I mean, if they keep... The, I mean, they're on about selling De Gea, but mm. they've got... Um, the, uh, Henderson at Henderson, uh, Sheffield yeah. United who's going to come in is is the is what the thought process is. So the spine of the team will be brilliant for United. Is then mm. what they put around it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Pogba would be excellent in that. Yeah. So I, I mean, how much is it Pogba's agent though? I mean, this is the other thing. We, we hear all the noise, but actually, it's his agent that appears to be making a lot of the noise. Yeah. So we don't know if it's Pogba, and we don't know if he's you know we never know what's what's going on with these superstars anymore. We're, we're falling into or... the trap here of being a bit Graham Sunesesque and talking about Pogba when he hasn't even <laughs> stepped foot on the pitch. So I'm going to pull it back to the FA Cup game last night because a load of the chat pre-game was about Wayne Rooney and whether he was going to celebrate if he scored a goal. Turned out that wasn't an issue at all, but he did put in a. Close to being a man of the match performance as well. He just sat in the middle of the park for Derby. Didn't really do any running at all. He had a couple of young midfielders either side of him still <laughs> the running about for him. But he looked impressive yeah, last night. If he, he's that type of player that he's had it since. I mean, we've seen him when he burst onto the scene at 16. He's just oozes class. You can imagine him, you know, he sits in, in the championship he's wasted for me. He could be a mid-table Premier League player. I think he left too early uh, in essence. You know, he's... he's He's done everything though, hasn't he? Top goal scorer at United, played for his boyhood club again, Everton, went to America, you know, did really well over there. He's still just he's just, just class, isn't he? I mean, some of these players, there's certain players that they grow up and you think to yourself, these boys could just do it anywhere. Giggs mm. was another one, he went in central midfield, Scholes, Beckham, you know, those kind of players are just so talented that it doesn't, and they just make it look easy. And he's, I mean, what it, since he went to Derby, I mean, he must have thought when he went back into Derby because he made that agreement when Lampard was there. So I think that was why they, that agreement never happened. But they were struggling. Derby was seriously struggling in the league, and they've never re- they haven't managed to kind of pick up from last season when they got to into the playoff final. But since he's been there, they've just rocketed up the league. They're flying at the moment. They're, you know, West Brom's got to play them soon. We're dreading playing mm. um, playing them. It's gonna, you know, they are really an informed team in the championship at the minute, and it's all down to the, his presence. You know, he, that's what he's brought to that club. He's a leader as much as anything, yeah. I guess, and he has. I mean, credit to him, he has changed his position, and he's gone from being this striker to this almost quarterback role that we saw him play yeah. for England a number of times towards the end of his England career. Do you agree with Lilo Marley? Could you see him fitting into a Premier League team somewhere and being able to cut it in the top division? Uh, I, I still think he's got the quality to do it. Yeah, but. Um... The whole package at Derby is is what he was looking for at the time in terms of a load of money, <laughs> <laughs> a load of money, uh, a route into the coaching. He's a he's a player coach at at Derby. He's not just a, a quarterback style midfielder. Um, he wanted a route into the coaching, so they offered him that. Um, and he's got a chance as well on the pitch. He, I mean, in terms of he plays every game, and Derby have quite a young midfield around him. I was looking at the. The team just then, um, so he played in a five-man midfield last night. As uh, it was him and uh, Max Bird in defensive midfield, mm. and then there was Jason Knight and Louis Sibley ahead of him. Knight, Sibley, and Bird were born in two thousand and two thousand and one. Wow! Wayne Rooney wow. scored as a sixteen-year-old against Arsenal in two thousand and two. I think if you add the ages of Max <laughs> Bird and Louis mad. Sibley together, if you add their ages together, they're still younger than Wayne Rooney. <laughs> probably are, yeah. Something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, it's um, but it, Darby's Darby's a good fit for him. I can't see Koku staying there that long because Darby aren't doing very well 
in terms of league position this year. They want they're always in and around the the, the playoff usually, yeah, um, playoff picture. But they're not. Uh, I think they're like they're like fourteenth or twelfth, something like that, like mid table. Um, so they're yeah, way off that for the moment. Thirteenth. So I can't see. Rooney not being manager in the next sort of couple I of years. I find it really difficult I just think to see Wayne Rooney being a football manager. And it kind of made sense with the likes of Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard and these mm. players from the same generation mm. that we've seen take that step up to management because they always seemed the considered thoughtful <laughs> players. I mean, Rooney never really had that aura about him, did he? Not so much. It's uh, they, they seem a bit more charismatic, don't they? Lampard and Gerrard and a bit more calculated. Mm. Rooney's a yeah. bit more... Every time he does the interview, I've never seen him not start an interview with, you know, um, <laughs> and it's like, it, he doesn't seem the most like engaging character, but when you've done that much on the field, yeah. I think you can walk I, into I think, it, really. I think he suffered a little bit from the press. I mean, they were hounding him. He's done a lot yeah. of stuff off the field, mm. which he probably shouldn't have done. You know, the last stories coming out, you know, the cheating and everything, you know, yeah, and all the rest yeah. of it yeah. that he's done, plus he's drinking in the, you know, the England story, Southgate wouldn't have any of that, and... You know, I think a lot of it gets blown up, and we have this image of Rooney as you know, um, he's a bit of a bit of a jack the lad, bit mm. of a you know, a lot goes, goes goes against the rules, and you know, I think that probably goes against him in terms of his image. But it doesn't mean that he wouldn't be able to bring something to a to a club. And to, I mean, if you're if you're a young player in a dressing room and you're going in and you've got Wayne Rooney stood there, yeah, that must give you so much. And if he's telling, mm. if he's a manager and he's telling you he believes in you, that must just make you feel. 10 feet tall mm, I mean, it's yeah. just so, it just brings such a difference to what a young player you know and I think the, the likes of Lamp, what, look what Lampard did that same thing at Derby last year you know what he did in that Derby dressing room that, that team should never go anywhere near um, the playoffs in in essence there weren't there, there was a lot of unknown around that team a lot of young players but he made them look like all of them look like leaders Mason Mount come out of nowhere mm. last year he, he was brilliant and he stepped up again this year so I think that these players they're iconic figures and it does make a huge difference, to, especially when you bring in young talent through now, who these guys have been looking up to all their career. The other player that yeah, impressed on the pitch last night was Luke Shaw, who some people rated <laughs> as man of the match, who is a player whose career looked all but over maybe a couple of months ago. He got a goal and an assist last night. He's had a couple of decent games for United now. Do you think he can rescue his United career? Can he save it? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's one of them where when when he first went into a poor spell of form, it was like he, eventually he's going to get back to where he was when he was uh, he had that amazing season for Southampton mm. at like 19 or whatever he was. Um, and he's just he never seems to have come out of that form. He always seems a little bit lacking in confidence for me. Like he's he's not as sort of bullyish as bullish should be the word. Um, <laughs> As he could be, like, he, he could take more charge for me. Like, he seems a bit sort of timid and he could get forward a bit more, but I think the pressure of playing for Man United is a little bit too much for him. I think he'd be, mm. he'd be better at a, a slightly smaller team, I, funnily enough, like Southampton. Southampton yeah, he'd be, I think he'd be perfect there, but I don't think he's he's quite good enough in his current state to be part of this sort of big rebuild at Man United. Um, I still think there's a good player there, but... He, just he, not, he does, he does do a convinced. job when he's when he's in. I mean, I yeah, he played well last night. But as Marley said at the very start, Derby offered very little last night. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was able to literally bomb forward with no concern about what was coming the other way. Where I think in the Premier League, you know, that that's easily exposed, especially with the pace that 
teams counter-attack at in that league. So um, does he need to reinvent himself as a player? Because he isn't quite the player he had at Southampton. He's lost a bit of pace. He's suffered with injuries. We know he's suffered with fitness as well. But we've seen him used by Solskjaer as a centre-back on occasion now as well, where he actually did very well for Manchester United as a more solid, mm, less commitment to going forward. Third centre-back, yeah. was it, in that in that weird system? Did he, did he play in a back three? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. I think he was alongside... Um... Yeah, you wouldn't put him in a two, I don't think, but... <laughs> no. Uh, potentially, he, he could do. He's got... If he can... You know, he's got the knowledge of the game and he can read the game, I suppose. But as we saw, if we've, I mean, I, I, I really rate Carl Walker. I think he's he's such a talent, talented fullback. Mm. But when he went into a back three... With England, oh, yeah. he just struggled. You know, that you can. You know, lot, it's yeah. it's all. It's a totally different. You know, the positioning's totally yeah, different some from can the do start. It, some can't. Yeah, and it's now maybe oh, coaching in time. He could probably pick that up, but it's not. And I don't think it's an easy one to to go from um, full back to centre half, or by any stretch. So, yeah. but yeah, he's he's got the opportunity there. If I suppose it depends. But you said yourself, Jim, these players don't seem to be getting better at United. So. Is the coaching right there to actually make him into that position? Mm. If he was at a Man City and you thought to yourself, could Pep work with him to make him into into a back three? Yes, mm. 100%, because you see the development happening um, in front of your eyes. But you don't see it at United, so I'm not convinced he could do that there. Maybe it's just the management, I don't know. But I think Mike's probably right. He may need to go to just a, a smaller Premier League club. Really. You know what's just baffled me? I just looked at Luke Shaw's age. I thought he was about 27. He's 24. He's only a kid. Of That's ridiculous. Young, He's yeah. been around for about six years. But wasn't he 17 when he made his debut for Southampton? I think, yeah, I think he might have been. It was yeah. along those lines. I mean, you talked about this yesterday on the podcast a little bit, but just to touch on it again, you talked about Manchester United's season and everyone's sort of described it as a bit of a disaster. But when you actually look at the facts of it, they're now yeah. in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup. You'd fancy them to go to the final at least. They've got pedigree yeah. in the FA Cup. In the league, they're in fifth position if they manage to get a win in the derby against Manchester City and Chelsea slip up against Everton, which again isn't out of the question. They'll be in top four. A top four finish <laughs> and an FA Cup final. <laughs> you take it, wouldn't it? That's all right for yeah. Manchester United, isn't it? That's pretty good for Solskjaer. They're still in the Europa as well. I mean, we've yep. got that. They're, they're still in there. They're, yeah. It's, it has, I mean, I was thinking that when they got when they got through the Europa League, the um, the hours, you look at the league table, you think so. Actually, this isn't a disaster that's happening there. Mm. I mean, they, I mean, they could easily win the Europa. We discussed it last week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they could easily go on to win that. They 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 can get to the final of the FA Cup. No reason why not. The the draw against Norwich, it's probably gone their way. When you look at who was left, yeah. um, maybe Newcastle would have been the other one. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> um, but you know, you, so it's there's no reason why. This couldn't be a trophy-winning season for them to start. With. They could win the FA Cup, and they could mm. win the Europa, and it, but a top-four finish if they get that, that would just be a great season for them. Where from where they came from at the start as well, because everyone, very much, socials had this thing where everyone's been writing him off all year. Pochettino became available. Everyone was like, "Sack him now! Let's get Pochettino in. Let's start. Yeah. Let's start this rebuild with Pochettino." So to actually do what he's been, and he's also stuck to his philosophy around wanting to bring in this this core. English live live the dream of playing like United did back in the nineties when they were when they were great. But he's stuck by that, yeah. and if he can do that and get him into a top four and win a trophy, whichever one it is, what a season that'll be for them. It's actually turning out to be probably a lot, a lot better than what Man United fans would have thought back in November. I'd have thought, I'd have said. I suppose the danger is for Manchester United fans, or certainly for some Manchester United fans, that if this season is deemed a success, if they get top four football, if they win the FA Cup <laughs> and do right in Champions League. They won't get they rid won't of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He'll stick around, which a lot of United fans, even if they have success this season, wouldn't want. They want Pochettino. 
Or they want Allegri, or they want whoever the big name is. Well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you you can't have both. You can't have success and then change your manager because there's no reason to change your manager if, if you've had a successful season. So it's one of them where I said yesterday, I don't think he's done... I don't think he's the best manager in the world. I think there are better managers for Man United mm. out there and possibly even available. Mm, However, yeah. the things Solskjaer has done in terms of signings, you, you put him in charge to rebuild the side and to be in charge of this new new wave of players and none of them have failed. None of them have been crap. They've all been good players. Wan-Bissaka, Maguire, James, Bruno Fernandes. They've all been good. Even Igalo on a short-term deal, he's, he's good. Then you wonder what the issue was with transfer signings before. Well, they... Is Solskjaer really in charge of transfers? It seems massively unlikely that suddenly an ex-player who Edward Wood can bully a little bit comes yeah. into the club and he goes, do you know what, I've been pushing Mourinho around in terms of who you can sign, but you could have the checkbook. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Well, all of a sudden, all these players are coming in, so maybe, <laughs> maybe he's not of, uh, much of a PE teacher, is he? People accuse him of being every now and again. You know what I mean? It's it's one of them where all of a sudden the floodgates have opened. Whether it's just a happy coincidence, which mm. it might well be, it could be. It might well be. But at the end of the day, Solskjaer's the man in charge. He's the man who's putting them on the pitch, and they're all doing they're all doing well. So I don't think there's a case to even to even like legitimately think we can we can do better than you, man. This is a team that's also beat City twice this year. I mean, that's yeah. that's yeah. no mean feat. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, to beat them one simple oh, okay, but then to go and beat them again yep. in the cup and to really get themselves back into that competition, although into that game anyway, they were. I mean, they were obviously looked out of it at the, after, down, the first, yeah. after the first leg, but they gave themselves a real chance in that in that second leg, and they're Sunday putting will be right massive for them. Oh god, yeah. I mean, that's going to be a great game. That derby is going to be huge. I mean, it ain't so much for City. I don't think they're just going to sit whether they. I mean, whether they're bothered or not. Yeah. You know, that's up for debate now that Leicester seem to be tailing off yeah. a little bit. They're just kind of they've got in the middle of nowhere. I own Real Madrid as well. Yeah. Problems at back. They've got Kevin De Bruyne potentially out with a shoulder injury. United yeah. will fancy you, it this You weekend. can see United doing something there. I, in the form they're in, they're playing well. Fernandes, say if you can get if they can get Fernandez on the ball mm. and you know start pulling some strings in that midfield, then They've got a real chance, especially. With the, I mean, they've got. They've still it's got Old Trafford as well. Yeah, the, they'll they'll fancy that. They will fancy it um, as long as. They, well, the other the other issue is that United's defense don't because they don't make they don't keep clean sheets very often, do they? So, chances are they're going to have to score at least two or three if mm. they're going to. So, and that's that's the question whether they've got it in them to score two or three. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the day, because that has always been the question mark around United. I think we're going to talk about the other cup competition shortly rather than the FA Cup we'll leave that there we'll talk about the League Cup and its future because it's been called into question after fairly high up calls for it to be scrapped we'll talk about that next and we'll get some fantasy football advice on Football Social Daily Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab find your nearest GDK restaurants at germandonerkebab.com I love my club every match the manager, every player who's pulled down the shirt. Don't just talk to me about football. Talk to me about my one and only. I love my club, but I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only. With Sports Social, get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team. 
Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Let's talk about the League Cup, which has been an issue under debate all season pretty much. Is it time to scrap the second cup competition in England? This is after comments recently from UEFA President Alexander Kafferin, who says it is time to ditch the cup for the sake of everybody, was his quote. Do we think it's time to get rid of it? There's been complaints about fixture congestion all season. That is a simple solution to sorting out fixture congestion. You get rid of the League Cup. None of the other top five countries in Europe have one. So why have we got two? Um, I don't know why we've got two, but we've we've always had two, haven't we? So we're kind of used to it. Um, I don't. I I'm not really bothered. I don't see why it's it should go. I don't think because like, it's at the start of the season as well. Like it, it's done by February, so it's you know, the second, the first or second round um, is in the first couple of weeks of the season. So it's just kind of like it's nice to have when the season comes back. I quite like that there's two games in a week because you've missed football for three months <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, finally it's back. And then oh, Newcastle playing on Saturday and Tuesday, so I get to watch them. It's when you get be that crap for eight minutes, period, isn't it? It's when you get to. The Champions League games kick in and the group stages kick yeah, in. Yeah, that's, that's when what it is. When Christmas... you're in the Premier League, though, you play you play so few games at the start of the season. Well, I mean, the league uh, starts comes the boy from the Championship. Hundred and five games a season. Never did us any harm. No, but they they cram. They don't. They seem to. I mean, the Premier League seems to cram the games in around November, December, and January. They seem to just throw all these fixtures in. Then they try and throw a break in the middle of it um, for two weeks. It's just. It just seems mad that they they don't decide to try and spread the fixtures out a little bit more. Play, let the Premier League clubs play midweek a bit more. I think they play what twice. I think midweek games a fixture full fixture list in a season. It's like yeah, just give them that, just yeah. give them a few more midweek fixtures. I think it's and very spread easy. it out a bit more. It's... I think it's very easy for us to say why can't football players play more games of football because it's just a game of football and I'm sure if we were getting paid 100 grand a week we'd quite happily play seven days a week if it was called upon but I think there is a genuine issue there purely on the weight of evidence that says there is an issue there and the amount of managers and players that are going we are playing too much football you kind of have to bow down to their expertise and their knowledge and go "All right, well if you're saying you're playing too much football you probably are well I think the even even the championship clubs put their second team out in the in the at the, in the start of the league, and the yeah. Premier League clubs are the same. They, it gives them an opportunity to actually put their second string out, see who's putting who can put in a performance, see who, who's willing to pull their weight. Yeah. You know, I think it, the other factor is it does give the smaller clubs an opportunity to see the big players come. I mean, I mean, did Rochdale play Man United this season yep. in that competition? Yeah, that's a great day out for Rochdale. I mean, and they gave United a game as well. Let's mm. not. I think they did. You know, they did turn up in that yeah. game, Rochdale. And I think it's it's just another opportunity, you know, for these some of these smaller clubs to get a game against the big boys. And and it, but like I say, the the clubs are big enough now to to put out a second string, just a strong second string together. I mean, the league has been won by Man, Man City the last. So you t- it's not like the big clubs aren't taking it seriously either. Yeah. Um. You know, they're just kind can, of coasting towards the final. Once you get to the final, the semi-finals, it's like it's the probably the big I'd, four I'd really I'd scrap the the two-legged semi-final and then you just yeah. put it into a neutral venue yeah. I think and just just let them go let them go with it or just whoever's drawn at home just just go with it um you can scrap that but I don't see there's other opportunities I think just to, to free up congestion they're not about sacking um, getting rid of the replays in FA Cup that's an op- that's an opportunity I quite like that as an option I think that's quite healthy and I know we've had that debate on this podcast before <laughs> and we've said it could scupper the 
potential money-grabbing replays for lower league clubs, but I think it's just... If you're going to lose games somewhere, that makes a lot of sense. If to you're me. a football club that's relying on a replay to to keep your club afloat, there's something wrong with your football club. It's been mm. it's been poorly run at that point. So that that that's something that the EFL need to get involved in. That if that's what if that's one of the arguments against it, or you just restructure the payments in terms of the FA Cup, you make it a more even split against the clubs' entry. So I can't imagine that Man United and Man City are that asked about wherever. Um, Money they're going to get from winning the FA Cup this year? Are they are they that bothered? I don't think they are. I think it's, yeah, it's probably it's about winning it, isn't it? It yeah. won't be it won't be much more than the difference between a couple of league places. Yeah. Like if it's one and a half, one and a half, one point seven million per place in the Premier League, you probably don't get that much from winning the FA Cup in terms of prize money. So they're not really that bothered. Um, I think I do think there is a need for replays, but I think the there could be. Alternatives that are just as lucrative. For example, if a champ, if you're one league below a team and you take them and, and it's a draw and it goes like straight to penalties or extra time, maybe have like a instead of getting twenty percent of the match gate, you get fifty percent if you get a draw, and yeah. then that's another hundred and fifty grand or whatever it is, and then you also get an increased uh, share of the TV money if it if it's shows for TV. But there's other ways around it to secure smaller teams financially. I think. Because there's just a million things you can do with money. You can split it evenly. You can add bonuses oh, yeah. in everywhere, and there and what have you. a lot more done to protect yeah. clauses and clubs in the first place. What's yeah. been what's been great this year about the the league cup as well is if if a if a lower league club has played a bigger team, depending regardless whether it's league two against championship, wherever it's been, and they've managed to scrape the a draw, mm. it's gone straight into penalties. It's given them a right opportunity because normally you, you mm. get the draw and then the. The bigger team will ultimately come out on top over another half an hour of football, which no one really wants the half an hour of football. Yeah. Not even the fans or, want it. Or another it entire game. Yeah, or, or exactly, if it's a replay yeah. another game. Straight into penalties, it yeah. just made it... I mean, some of the... In the early rounds of the um, the Carabao this year, some of the big championship, the bigger championship clubs were just losing out because the penalty shootouts were going against them. Yeah. It was great. It was yeah. just like... And it, it gives gets the, the game done as well. It gives the fans something to remember as well. Like, I think in, a, in, in like a penalty shootout for that, You've got a fifty-fifty chance of, of yeah. winning the game. Fans in twenty years will remember. Remember that time Rochdale beat Man United on penalties. They won't. Mem- they won't remember. Remember that time when we got a replay and earned f- one hundred and fifty yeah. grand. <laughs> like, but we lost seven nil in the replay. Like, you um, know, yeah. it's it's a it's a memory thing for the fans. So maybe there's a discussion to be had, and we'll probably have it again and again and again in the future until something does get done about this. Well, so. I've got a feeling the reason this UEFA president fellow was raising it as an issue is because I have no doubt there are plans to expand the Champions League in uh, the future. Course, probably, it is a yeah. massive money spinner from UEFA. They want more teams in it. They want more group stages. They want knockout yeah. stages for the group stages, all this kind of thing. But at the end of the day, that only really affects the upper echelons of the Premier League, certainly. So why not just say, if you're a Premier League team, if you're in Manchester mm. City or United or wherever has qualified for the Champions League that year, you don't play in the, F- you don't play in the League Cup. That is the option. You step back. If you're in Europe, you step it could back. Be, it, it, it could be an opt-in. It could be an system. Opt-in. You scrap the I League Cup. You, you tell Villa fans you're going to scrap the League Cup. They had a great day out last mm. Sunday, and they gave City a game as well. They they turned <laughs> up and gave them a. And if they, and if they, if, if that chance they had at the end, it, it doesn't goes in rather than it's the bar. They're into penalties yep. straight into, and they've got a great chance of take, winning the competition mm. at that point. Yeah. I mean, you know, so for, again for the clubs that 
There's, there's very few. We, we discussed earlier in the week. There's very few opportunities for teams outside the big six to get to Wembley, and the, the Carabao is just another one. Villa fans will mm. the younger, especially the young generation, will live that. Yeah, you know, it's been brilliant from as a as a Newcastle fan. We haven't been to Wembley since 2000. So the only time we've been to Wembley since the new one was built was when we played when Spurs lived there for two years right. like we've when, <laughs> that's it that's the only time on our way to Wembley <laughs> yeah. so like I was watching the um, some behind the scenes stuff from Newcastle's uh, YouTube last night and all the fans were singing all the way f- through it like um, tell me my I'm not coming home for tea we're going to Wembley and I was like I've never heard our fans sing that before <laughs> that's weird like unless it's like towards the championship playoff final that's the closest <laughs> we've been and then we always come up automatic from the championship so we don't even get to go Wembley then uh, these comments by the way they're from a bigger presentation and an interview that was given by the UEFA president talking about the future of UEFA in which he said the Organisation should have purpose over profit going forward. I assume he mixed those two words up the wrong way around. But the one interesting thing that I took from it, actually, which I want to touch on very quickly, was he spoke about Manchester City and then potentially lifting the Champions League this season. And he describes Manchester City as a valuable asset to UEFA and says there would be no problems at all if they lifted the Champions League trophy at the end of this season. <laughs> Did he say that through very gritty teeth? He must have done, yeah. Surely, <laughs> no surely, if the ban sticks, and it's a big if, it's, big if. it's embarrassing for UEFA if big City time. go on and lift the Champions That's League. Big, so, big time. So, can we take a hint from this that maybe UEFA don't want the ban to stick? That it was just a heavy fine that they hope will be overturned by the arbitration for sport? They're in a sticky situation because how do you... Ultimately, he's right, as in Man City need to be in the Champions League and be part of UEFA to to have... For UEFA to have credibility because everyone knows they're one of the best teams in the world. So how do you how do you then how do you then ban them and go well we didn't need them anyway but went, and then go oh actually we do kind of need them because it's just a hard situation like if you're going to put these rules in teams that teams that are so clever they're going to have ways around it and then you get caught out and you've got to punish them but you don't want to punish them because you know because you need them yeah you need them and it's like it's like having a like having a mate who's giving you a lift to a to a like to work every day but then you like sleep with his girlfriend you're like oh crap like oh I needed him like oh, I'm gonna, he's gonna kill me now and it's like oh I shouldn't have done that and it's just this situation where they just can't get out of it now they've, they've painted themselves into a corner <laughs> yeah. and they're gonna have to either retreat or just fight they, their way through it they're just gonna have to I think it just they're gonna have to see it through now and hope I suppose if they're hoping that it's gonna get overturned like the best that City will probably get is is a year. I think UEFA put a two-year ban in with a view that it'll be one in the end, mm, maybe, and I'll yeah. just get a year. But, but even I, a year's a joke. No ban, big it fine. Is. No ban, big fine. That's what I'm going with. You can't um, give them but, a big uh, fine though. They're one of the richest clubs in the world. It means <laughs> nothing, does it? Exactly. It's, um, it's tough, maybe you put a transfer situation. embargo on City or something. Maybe maybe that's maybe. maybe that's what they do instead, rather than yeah. um, make it. But then all do City will do is just save all the money until they've got. <laughs> um, to then go again, I suppose. But you know, there's there should have been a they should have thought it through at the time, I suppose. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe 
waited until Sid got knocked out and then put them in pose the banners on them. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that one. Marley, by the way, best uh, analogy for City's financial <laughs> situation that I've heard yet. Right, let's turn our focus to fantasy football. Welcome into the studio, the guru, Kieran. Hello, Kieran. Hello. Are you still top 5,000? Yes, last week you were very happy that you got into the top 5,000 of Fantasy Premier League. Have you retained that position over the last seven days? Well, I was top 5,000 off the back of last week. So oh, right, okay. We, I was celebrating, but on Monday. So oh, there right. hasn't actually been any games. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no so, loss. Yeah, still in there. <laughs> Excellent news in that case. Right, we've got some questions for you with regards to Fantasy Football. If you've got a question for the Guru, you can get us on Twitter, at the Sports Social. Ask your questions there. Are you ready, Guru? Yep, let's go. First question from Fantasy Frank which sounds like the name of an adult performer that doesn't (laughs) (laughs) he says it's a doubles games week Uh, what to do Hart says load with City players we're obviously playing twice they've got Manchester United and then they've got midweek game against Arsenal Arsenal Arsenal. of course it is Um, but his head says Pep's going to just rotate massively so maybe don't lump with City players what are you saying Kieran yeah I'm favouring Arsenal for double game week over United, uh, over City, because mm. City have United as their first game. Who knows what's going to happen in a derby? Uh, and then Arsenal is a difficult one. Clean sheets aren't in abundance with Laporte out, and so City defenders aren't that attractive. Edison's probably the only one that's absolutely locked in for that double game week. And outside of that, as you say, high rotation. The only person I would bank on is Kevin De Bruyne, and he's just been announced <laughs> as injured. injured yeah. So who do you go to out of that squad? So I'm looking into Arsenal at the moment. My one transfer this week is I've shipped out Vardy um, and brought in Aubameyang because I think he's locked in. He's the absolute point scoring You must have guaranteed. money on the bank, in the bank then. Cause, uh, a little Vard- bit. Is it only a million, 1.2 difference. Okay. I think it's a little bit more because Vardy's gone down and Aubameyang's gone up again. Um, so I made that transfer pretty early in the week because I was seeing that happening. But he he's my go-to into that squad. Everyone else, and we touched it last week, it's like there isn't a lot of value in that midfield otherwise. Um, you've got Sacco, who's good, but he should be a defender, and that's where you should be getting points off him. Um, but he has got three assists in his last five games, so good gamble if you just have a, a, a slight swap, but you haven't got a lot of cash in. But I'm banking it all on Aubameyang. He's going in as my captain. Wow. Wow. Big call, That's big, big call, call from the guru. But he's got a nice easy game on Saturday, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, he's got West, West Ham at home. <laughs> West Ham at home and then City who leak, they leak goals without yeah. Laporte. So, yeah, I think he's a good shout. What about the other Arsenal forwards in that situation? Lacazette, potentially Pepe? Yeah, they're just not getting consistent game time. Pepe is all over the place in terms of performance anyway. So a little bit of a good run of form, but... Um, I, I want to transfer him for him. He's nine point five, so you're going to have to take out someone like De Bruyne, and I'm I'm going to have him every other week um, over Pepe. So uh, the problem with like Lacazette isn't really starting enough. So um, their other forward, what's the Nketiah? Yeah, Nketiah, look amazing value, cheap. I think he's four point three at I the was, moment in the I game. I was genuinely starting to think about Nketiah, but so I'm just worried that when I put him in, he's going to drop him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, it's a risk. Oh, there he's we a go. gamble. But at four point three, if you've got a really poor, if you've got Greenwood or someone on the bench mm. and he's coming in a double game week and there's no one else and you can't afford a Bamiyang, good for a gamble. Um, I he he won't be the centre point of my strategy, but I think he's worth a shout. Okay. Priya says, how have the FA Cup games this week affected the future games and how do I prepare for that now? Because I assume we're going to have a games week where there aren't as 
games get knocked off because there's mm. FA Cup games and there'll be a double games week at some point in the yeah. future. So we're into that final phase of the season that I've been talking about every single week. <laughs> I've been imploring all of you to save, save your chips because uh, this is where it starts to get messy and where people start to pull ahead. Um, so this is what's going to happen across the next few weeks, okay. right? Ready? Pen and paper at the ready. Yep, rolling down. sleeves up. Uh, so you've got your first double game week. 29 uh, only one team playing twice though then it starts to get messy uh, game week 31 which is two weeks only four games are playing across this week six have been cancelled so you've only got Spurs versus West Ham Burnley versus Watford Liverpool versus Palace and Wolves versus Bournemouth so unless you've already got players a lot of players in those banks you've only got two weeks to get ready for that right but I think the prevailing advice will be to save chips as well. Don't even use them on that because you're only really going to have your big deciders, which is your wild card and your free hit going into your, your next weeks. So when you hit game week 34, that's where you have six to eight normal games. Um, the only one I think that would be confirmed cancel at the moment is uh, City Newcastle. And uh, they're going to try and rearrange as many of the missing games from week 28 and 31 into game week 34, but they can't fit them all in you know there either. You know scene in A Beautiful well. Mind where Russell Crowe's got <laughs> yeah. his numbers. And then, or, but that one has its own missing games, as we said, but you do get some dull game weeks. And then all the ones that haven't happened across the season today all get shoved into game week 37. Okay. And so you get the 10 guaranteed games, but then all of the extra ones. So people see the greatest value in game week 37, but it's the second to last game week of the season. And so using a wild card then, you're only, you're only going to get two weeks of value into it. You're really about getting that week most effective as possible. So I'm still trying to work out my perfect chip strategy. Mm. Uh, it's, I, what I think I'm going to do is because I've got three, I've got three Liverpool players, I've got um, a Burnley player, I've got a Tottenham player. I've got two Wolves players. I'm probably going to bring in another one. And then maybe uh, Sar or some from Watford. I reckon I can get nine players for, for a blank game at 31. So you're going to ride that out. So I'm going to ride that one in and go for the high value ones, which are the big double game weeks and use my chips to get in the people who could be most effective. Particularly if I was using a chip next week, I've already got three Liverpool players and everyone else is sort of toss. So I'm not, really, <laughs> like, I'm not going to bring in a whole team of Burnley players to start raking in points. How, how, uh, how does Europe change your mindset though? Because Wolves obviously got another uh, two-legged tie coming up in Europe. Does that affect anything? It affects my choice of players. So uh, I'm probably not going to go for Jota because he tends to get rotated. Uh, Jimenez plays every game. I'll put him in. Doherty has played every game in Europe. Uh, they do rotate their back line a little bit. So... I'm probably going to land on Bowley as my third because uh, players like Sice seem to get mm. rotated out. So that's where I'm sitting at. That makes me very cautious about getting like Triori in. Yeah. But I've already got Tati, I've already got Jimenez, so I've just got to play with that third player. So I'm I'm also so I'm going to go, I think, free hit for 34, then wild card in 36 to allow me to bench boost for 37 um, so that I get a full squad, all double game weeking um, for that final stretch of the season. There you go. Pre- ne- there's your answer. There go and have a lie down. Next season, <laughs> Next season we're going we're gonna to get, you know, minority report with all the, with the, little, um, with the little gloves and the technology. We're going to have that and we're going to video it and we'll put you on there, put it on, on our YouTube channel. Right. Final question from you, and you've kind of touched on this already. So he says, I've lost faith in Vardy. He's gone. Who do I get instead? You've said you're going for a Bamiang. Is it time to lose faith in Vardy first off? Because he hasn't scored since January. Hasn't, but it's, it's like, like I, I was I was betting on him huge last week, mm. and then he got that niggling training injury. So the things that have kept him out, stopped him scoring, sort of they can't be planned for. I still think when he plays, he's a great player, and he gets chances, 
and he's got a great run of games. Um, I'm moving him out because I can get a Bamiyang in. Um, unless you're making transfers with the mind of Game Week 31, so if you haven't already got Jimenez um, or you're trying to make money to bring in um, Mora or Ali or something mm. uh, for that Game Week 31, I say still write it out. Keep an eye on the um, the presses, so we'll find out today whether he's fit for the weekend. Um, if he's fit, I'd be tempted to keep him in, uh, mostly because... As I've pointed out, you're going to need to use these transfers intelligently over the next couple of weeks. Um, Vardy isn't playing 31, so if you can get in a striker who's playing that week, then it makes sense. Otherwise, you're just shipping him out for someone who also isn't going to play that week. So you need to prioritise where you can be effective. And I'd say you're looking at getting players in who are going to play. I suppose you've got two other good strikers and maybe a decent player on the bench. You can kind of risk it and maybe keep them in there and rely on the auto-sub. Yeah, well, I, I, I say just look at the presser. If he's going to start, I, I would bet on him to score this weekend. And he's and there for his next four weeks out outside the, the black one. So I, I think it makes sense. There you go. There are your fancy football tips for the week. Get advice from the Guru via our Twitter account at The Sports Social. Get featured on next week's podcast. Guru, thank you very much. Thank you. Lee, Marley, thank you very much. Thank Cheers, you. guys. Thank you. Make sure you hit subscribe on this podcast so you never miss an episode. Full match previews for all the Premier League games available first thing tomorrow morning on our preview show. If you have hit subscribe, you'll get that as soon as it's ready. And we'll see you next time on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily with German Donner Kebab. Kebabs done right every time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.